sure why Todd is the CEO of TimeZest and was previously with ConnectWise leading the sales organization. We connected at IT Nation Connect and had a freewheeling conversation about the MSP industry, community, distribution, and what might have been. This conversation will give you a lot of new ideas on this bonus episode of The Business of Tech. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dave Sobel here with another bonus episode of The Business of Tech. I'm talking with Jeremy Todd, the CEO of TimeZest, and we're going to talk some customer experience. Jeremy, thanks for joining me today. Awesome to be here. So you've actually just been working on some new thoughts around customer experience and doing some presentations on it. Tell me what, what you're working on and what your thought process is right now. Yeah, you know, big reason why is because TimeZest is so, um, you know, involved in the customer experience, in our opinion, right? We're, we're out with end clients, helping them engage uh, in the scheduling events with the help desk, uh, and quite frankly, in other use cases too for the MSP. So uh, what we've been focused on is just trying to convey how we do that, but more than anything, bring some thoughts to the market around what we've seen, you know, kind of helps. Uh, I, I had to think back how long I've been here. <laughs> uh, I've been in the market, in the industry since 2008, and um, I've been able to see some things along that way. So talk to me about that, the friction point in tickets because, and, and the way customer experience can be improved here because ultimately, I mean, we talk about it, the ticket ping pong yep. that, that happens. Ultimately, customers don't like being a number. They don't like automated emails. They want a more white glove experience. What are you seeing in the way more effective providers are delivering a better customer experience? Yeah, look, um, <clears throat> I think it starts with the need to innovate. And, you know, I actually, this is one of my theories, and I, I'm hopeful to test it here today with you and, okay. and others. Um, I'll go all the way back to when the MSP model was brought out, right? The MSP model differentiated itself from the cable companies by bringing a white glove service to market. It's plain and simple. And I think probably a little bit of, you know, Arnie used to explain this to us. Um, you, business owners want to do business with businesses of like size because they can choke the throat of the other owner. Right? right? And that always stuck with me. And I think that's a big reason why there's been a lot of success with MSP businesses in the small business arena. They, they don't want to deal with the big companies because they don't feel like they're going to have anyone that can respond to them when there's a problem. And so that differentiation was key in the business model. But I think one of the challenges that we face is MSPs, from what I've seen from the hundreds that I've talked to over the years, quite frankly, thousands now over those all the years, right? But at times, as several hundred, uh, they don't innovate fast enough is the experience that I've seen. And I think some of it is just natural human nature, change, right? Or we've innovated to a point where we feel like we can kind of coast for a little while. We just kind of do things the same way all the time. And I think that's something that um, needs to be reminded. In, in business. So what do you define as the innovation that they need to be doing? Like what part of that? Because it, it go lots of different ways with that. What's your definition of that innovation? Yeah, look, I think um, always evaluating your service delivery is super important. So 
If your service delivery has been X for a long time, you need to be thinking about how to add Y to that, right? As an example, I talk about at least once a year, we ought to be adding something new and innovative to our service delivery, mm -hmm. right? And I would call it probably every quarter at least also, right? And the good ones are doing it every month, right? Okay. So that's my that's my belief and what I see in, in some of the work that I do, especially around Revolve and, and so forth. I see those businesses thinking differently and being much more aggressive or thoughtful about, okay, what are we doing now to improve how our customer experience is? And so I, I take, you know, some lessons from other people, right? Uh, Marcus Lemonis talks about how a business is just three things, people, process, and right. product, right? Right. It's really that simple. And so we spent a lot of time around the people problem. Uh, we, we definitely have the product thing down. MSPs have a pretty good understanding of what their stack is, what they should be selling, what they should be doing around security. And I think the process side gets forgotten about too much. So it's interesting you say that because in theory, a managed services pr practice should be very heavy about process because it's about repeatable. If you think about, if you're relating this to Paul Dipple's yep. models and service leadership models around operational maturity level, in theory, the higher you get on that, the much more invested in process. So what makes you think that there's not enough investment in process here? Well, um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll start from a kind of a self-serving perspective of what I hear every day at Time Desk. Okay. Okay. Um, and we can talk about other, other cases around this. I find the following. I, we have a thousand plus customers right now. Okay. And we have talked to probably a thousand others that have chosen for some reason not to move forward yet. All right. And so what is that? What is, what is happening there? And, and what is really the essence of that problem? When I speak to those people, those prospects and those conversations we have, it's quite often, yeah, we see the value. Yep, yep, we see the value. Absolutely. But then nothing happens. And I think what's happening in that case, what I'm finding happening in those cases is people as humans in nature just don't love change. Okay. I mean, the I think 80% of people by nature don't love, I don't think anyone's quite frankly love change at all. That's number one. But 20% of us really go after embracing change. And I think the other 80% or maybe, maybe even less have to be convinced or compelled for some reason or another to why they should do it. And so here's my why, at least in our case, right? Okay. Um, if you look at how the industry has evolved around tools and solutions like ours, you will see a couple things. I, I've done, I've pulled the numbers and, and I'd love to, to hear you uh, and your thoughts on this. And I may not be exact about it because it's in my okay. slide deck. <laughs> All right, so bear with me. But use an example. Uh, quoting came out in 1995 in our industry. QuoteWorks was the first solution. Uh, Quozel came out about 2008. I was part of the team. In fact, I was the one that really created the case for Arnie to invest and make that acquisition, the 50% acquisition. And for listeners that may not know, Arnie Bellini, the founder of ConnectWise. Yeah, right yeah it was during my transition. I, had, I was running the sales team originally. I handed it off to Adam Slutskin, and then Arnie and I went off to do some work together, and, and one of the key projects was to acquire the businesses. Um, I was in sales, so I'd seen the value that Quozel was for us. I'd implemented in our sales operations, an eight-person team going to a 30-person team needing that technology. So, you know, but it took a while for quoting to become an industry standard for us, right? 
Bars were using it obviously very early on, but MSPs kind of lagged a little bit because proposals were hard mm -hmm. to get into a quoting platform. It was a little bit more complex than just quoting quantities and a product and a picture of it, right? So, um, you know, you look at that timeline from 1995 to call it 2011-ish, it took that long for it to roll up and become what I'd call an industry standard solution, okay? okay? A tool that differentiated and others realized they have to use and, and reached, let's call it about 4,000 customers using that particular tech technology. So um, PSA, as an example, right? Autotask, ConnectWise came out. Um, let's do the numbers on that. Right around, I believe, 2003, 2004. Yep. Sounds they, about right. Both yep. of them were emerging. Mm -hmm. And it took, because I was running sales from 08 to 2010, it took us until about 2011, 2012 also to get to the 4,000, mm -hmm. okay? Right. So you look at that time, look at RMM, Kaseya launched in the 90s, mm -hmm. right? Took a while. So the average on these three tools was about eight years, okay? And so I think of it as the ecosystem, the community talking about these technologies, how they differentiate their business, how they're delivering service at a higher level, and is quite frankly part of the innovation. If you implemented a PSA back then, you were innovating your, your service delivery, right? right? Um, and you were also innovating your service delivery, in my opinion, around quoting too, right? RMM, all of that. So you look at what IT Glue did. They emerged right around 2015. They got acquired by Kaseya around 2019-ish, 2018. For about four years, let's call it, they achieved the 4,000 goal. Okay. And became an industry standard, in my opinion. ID agent, same thing, just a little later than IT Glue. So if you look at the, the timelines, the compression of how long an MSP has to use a new tool on the market as a differentiation in their service delivery, mm -hmm. it's getting compressed quite quickly. Right. It's because we're also connected. And people come to events like this, so here, here at ConnectWise, you know, connect. So um, I think that the market has changed because of that. And I think that there are some fundamental challenges with both ends of that spectrum. So as an example, being on the bleeding edge of new tools and technologies coming out isn't always a great place to be. There's a lot of carnage there. Right. But imagine if you're middle of the pack and now you're in your local area and you've got your competitive landscape in your local area is now using tools and have innovated the service delivery in a way that you haven't. Where are you at then? Right. And so that's my thesis. It's an interesting thesis. So I want to understand, though, because if I think about the, the difference in the time frame, too, is I've got to add complexity as a layer to that. Right. Okay. So we end the DeLorean. I was an MSP in exactly that time yeah. frame that you were talking about. So early adopter, Kaseya and ConnectWise, both in those sort of early aughts. The number of solutions that I had to be looking at and yes. managing for customers was significantly smaller during yeah. that time frame. And additionally, we hadn't even layered cybersecurity on at the level that was that is required now. Right. I was sort of like... I, terrified of what you have to do now yep. versus what I had to do then. The complexity problem has become a real thing for providers, right? So, so if you're a provider now, we're recording this in 2023, mm -hmm. you have to look at a massive dimension matrix of all the potential solutions. In, and at the same time, we're saying it's t less time to be innovative. How do you reconcile in your, your thesis here this over complexity of all the options to try and do everything in a tighter time frame. How do you reconcile? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of SaaS sprawl happening, 
Um, and I think that in every case, as long as SaaS is returning an investment, mm -hmm. right? There's a return on investment on what you've done to make that decision to acquire a SaaS tool. You pretty much have to do it for the margins. But let me go with you for a little while because okay. I'm with you. It is a challenge. And imagine a 10 person MSP dealing with having to evaluate all these tools. Right. Um, I quite frankly haven't had the chance to think about a good answer to this. Okay. But what I would say. So I'd just, be a bad YouTuber if I didn't say <laughs> this is a great time to comment and get involved. So, but what are you thinking? What, what I would say, the first place my brain goes, and I'd love your thoughts on this, is use your peers, right? If you're not engaged in this community of peers, that ecosystem we were talking about that's causing this rapid adoption of tools to differentiate and innovate your service delivery, you had better be in that conversation. So I want to add to that premise because I think your thesis is right, but here's what my thinking is about this. One of my Patreon supporters asked me to look into the question of what's the future of distribution? Okay. And I'm working on a mini series right now for the channel, so I don't know the timing on this interview, maybe pieces of it may be out. Answering that question, because I, I actually realized I did not have an answer. So I set out and I started interviewing the leaders in distribution, people that have been doing this. And I've come to the conclusion that we've come around on a value add that distribution's bringing that I have been dismissive of in the in previous. And my thinking is, is that you are moving at such level of complexity at a small, mid-size MSP. So again, we're going to use this 10-person MSP right, as a right. great example. There are so many solutions that you're being thrown at to you that what you actually need is a, is a partner, I'm using that in loose, that a business partner that is doing a lot of the analysis, but more importantly, can help you identify solutions if you're good at identifying problems in your customer base. Mm -hmm. That you will be really good at identifying the problems and you'll partner with your account manager at distribution will go, oh, well, we've got, here's the five versions of solutions that we've got for you. And so you've actually, because distribution can now do services at some level that they weren't able to do before, you know, they used to be moving stuff. Now they can do stuff plus the people around it. But I think part of the, the innovation you're looking at is that you don't have to do it yourself. What you have to be really good at is identifying the problems and taking them to your distribution partner and saying, help me solve this problem and bring new solutions in. What do you think to that? We're riffing pretty good here, aren't we? <laughs> we are. I, I think you're right. I think it's one uh, vector, right? So we talked about the peers being in the community. This is a vector. Um, I'll take you back to our, some of my time at ConnectWise on this one too. We in 2016, 2017, really pressed hard to become a virtual distributor of SaaS solutions, uh, namely Microsoft as an example. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> We've seen what Pax8 has done with that. And what we felt, and I still believe this truly today, and Arnie led this cause, was that we had all the pieces to deliver the best experience. So if you think about that, just think back to what distribution has been historically, right? Physical, atom-based equipment mm -hmm. moving to you know moving some cds at times right, right? yeah for for some office solutions and whatnot <clears throat> but what what they needed to have when things moved to the point of being virtually enabled keys online was a solution like connectwise that could take it from quote to invoice mm -hmm and deploy that technology onto devices through an RMM. We had it all, right? We had all of that in place in 2014, and we were pressing the vendors to provide us the ability 
to resell their solutions. And it was a complete miss in my opinion, because that is what the community needs. The community needs this stuff to move through their systems, through the operating platform that they use to service their clients. And I think that is still, quite frankly, an opportunity today. I'd agree with that. Like, <laughs> there's definitely going to be a space here for somebody who's helping with that acceleration because, as I said, the matrix is too big. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it. And my one of my work, I'll, I'll take the extended on this, is one of my working theories right now that I'm, I'm thinking about is as a mental exercise, you and I decided we want to go back into the service provider business. Yep. What if we only built a sales organization with business and analysts and everything was developed, was delivered through our distribution channel? It's a mental game that you can play that almost takes that to the extreme, right? Because if we're just a great sales and marketing organization, meaning we go find people, businesses with technology problems, we identify the problems, and we project manage loosely getting a solution into their environment that's delivered via our distribution partner. At least as a mental exercise, it works. And as far as I can tell, the distributors are telling me they can do it. So it's an interesting way to, to think that I'm not sure I'm necessarily advocating to fully do that, but it at least proves it's possible to use that as an acceleration lever to innovate more. What do you, what do you think to that? Well, let's start with this. I think the world is clearly moving that way. Okay. That's my belief. Mm -hmm. um, I, facilitate evolve groups today and i do that to be able to be engaged in the community because sitting from our home offices we can get disengaged very very quickly right so in those conversations a couple things have come up one is i know msps that are working on this they have a separate division that they've created to work on exactly this model you are able to bring the price down the service level is specifically to help desk we're helping you with tools and being business analysts versus being it in infrastructure plumbers effectively right right yeah and i think if we look at the migration we've seen from the days of bpos and then finally getting it right right with office 365 and all the migration we've seen there and all the fear we all had around what does the margin look like after we lose exchange project business right mm -hmm. they figured it out but i think the migration is not done right and to your point the world is moving to a cloud service provider model. It, if, if people aren't thinking about that, I think they're missing a major shift that's happening. I think AI is gonna help accelerate that. But I think it, in the end of the day, like you said, five years, 10 years from now, there will be some IT plumbing going on for sure. We're gonna have networking monitoring we'll likely have to do. There'll be some devices we have to manage and so forth. But the plumbing work of the days of past is going to decrease mm -hmm. and we have to accept that and unfortunately the team members we need to manage some of this also changes so when we talk business analysts we're talking an entirely different conversation and we're solving business process challenges that we may do today and msps may solve today but we're going to be scaling and solving those at a whole nother level and and speed and i think that is something that people need to start thinking about architecting their businesses for maybe two halves of the business i know plenty that have started their businesses like what you're talking about way less infrastructure support and way more business analyst support in the help desk or in the vcio function well i think we've left with a big thought for some homework for these guys to do Troy, thanks for joining me for this uh fun conversation around the industry awesome great chat with you. 
a new sponsor to the podcast, and I'm excited to have them. Skycake has been a global MSP-focused business for more than 10 years. Their products automate and simplify your cloud operations. Whenever you migrate, manage, or protect your Microsoft 365 users, Skycake is there for you with powerful automation to reduce your workload. I know that their focus for the last few years has been on Microsoft 365 security for your customers. Check them out now to get ahead on security with intelligent customer protection to get approximately $30 more in MRR from every user you have under your Microsoft 365 MSP. Visit skykick.com slash MSP radio to learn more. The Business of Tech is written by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. This episode was edited and produced by Picture This Video. If you like the content, please make sure to hit that like button and follow and subscribe. It's the free and easy way to support the show and help us grow. You can also check out our Patreon, where you can join the Business of Tech community at patreon.com slash MSP radio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. Finally, if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Thanks for listening today, and I will talk to you again on the next episode of The Business of Tech. Part of the MSP Radio Network.